Hey, wrestling fans, this is Paul Diamond, and you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. What's up, guys? It's Wolfie D, and you know what you're listening to is Live and in Color with Wolfie D and my good friend Jimmy across the street. Man, what's going on this morning? Not much, brother. You know, how you doing today? Uh, little got nerves on edge a little bit, man. Uh, you know, for those people that don't know, we do pre-tape this. Uh, so today is actually Wednesday, yeah. and then tomorrow morning, I got to go have a uh, another stint put in my heart. So that's a little nerve wracking. I didn't, I didn't sleep not one minute last night and I probably won't sleep again tonight unless I'm just exhausted from not sleeping last night. But yeah, nerve wracking, man, anything to do with your heart. And I, that shit don't feel too good either when they put that shit in and you know, yeah, no, and it can't man. And I, heck bro, you've got a great excuse to be up all night. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, hopefully your mind, you can find something to calm your mind a little bit and maybe get a yeah. little bit of shut up. Well, away. see how it goes, you know. Yeah. If anything happens to me, y'all will be hearing me from the afterlife <laughs> <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, let's not joke just yet about that. But at the same time, it's good to laugh. I mean, you know, but hey, listeners, say a prayer if you got one for wolfie d he's got this though absolutely but anyway the, yeah. the morbid debbie downer stuff and and talk about man what what great numbers we got for the jamie show last week yeah so you know all that stuff we said to randy that made him <laughs> kind of feel bad and good yeah, you know yeah. all that's out the window now <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah so jamie i'm not going into the specifics but let's just say that jamie not only beat the the 24 hour download record he's already eclipsed the week record yeah. yeah that jake has held and and has held since he was on so yeah he's way past all of that now jamie i just I swear wolfie you are usually not like this but it was funny because i think you knew this was big you were like <laughs> numbers and a text a text would come through in my little siri british lady siri she's like numbers (laughs) and then anyway so long story short you know you usually will ask me a couple times maybe the day of and then the day after and and then there but this one you were like numbers what's it at now and i usually get weird about it it was gonna hit it it was gonna hit it yeah, and I'm I'm weird about it. I'm almost like superstitious about it that I do not like to look. Yeah, until yeah. like that evening usually, right. and yeah. then I'll look. You know, the next day, but I couldn't help clicking it, bro. And every time I would click it, it would go up ten. It would go yeah. up fifteen. It would go up thirty. Yeah. One time, I swear to you, dude, it was like six p.m. I think everybody got off work on Monday that yeah. listens or wants to and downloaded yeah. it. It went up like three hundred, and I yeah. was like. Oh my lord! Then, but the, his in the first whole twenty four hours, it was what already two thousand, three thousand, or something. Well, yeah, because it was over three. Yeah, it was over three thousand. Yeah. yeah. So because it it beat Randy's twenty four hour. Yeah. And then on the twenty four hour mark, it was already nearing Jake. 
and yeah so yeah yeah, man he yeah that says a lot about jamie man people like listening to him and it also i think says a lot about people like listening to me and him you know what i'm saying Dude, this is it, bro. I mean, you know, I, I think what people think is that this could be the last time y'all are together. And we don't think that's true. We that feel like, be. but I mean, sometimes the way things go, right. <laughs> that yeah. might be the last conversation that PG-13 ever has publicly. But, you know, we're not saying that. I don't think you think that, but it could be always, you know, yeah. so. Anyway, well, we thank you all so much, incredibly much for listening. Thank you, Wolfie, for making that show happen. Thank you, Jamie, dude. Jamie just, here's the thing. You know, I said it on the the show with him, and it was, I said, you are one of the greatest microphone guys of all time. (laughs) And, you know, it's not just like, you know, you say like, well, Jake's the greatest DDT when Jake's on the show. But, of course, we believe that all the time. Right, right. Same with Jamie, man. I still feel like he's definitely in the top 10. And if you don't know, no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm talking all time, you know? So anyway, a lot of times it's off the top of his head and you know, most of the time it is off the top of his head and he's quick like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, He is so quick. And that's the other thing, dude, is like, I'm so impressed that you ever got a word in edgewise. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm saying, I mean, because on the show, it's funny because the way we record, I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes here. The way we record it is all on one track. And I've actually looked into things that record on separate tracks because in certain cases like this would help. Mm-hmm. But Wolfie would be saying something and you, Jamie's just going and yeah. it's like, there's nothing you could do to stop him nor get your word in. Yeah. And I'm like, just go ahead and stop and let him. Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by that point, and you're such an off the cuff guy too, you know, so by the point that Jamie said that, yeah. and sometimes you'd be like, okay, well, you never said, I forgot, but I'm sure you just left things back there because you just can't, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't enter him in. A couple of times where I was going, God, what was I just thinking? What was I just thinking? (laughs) And he wouldn't shut up for me to throw it out there, and I forgot. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing that I said is, if you're listening now because of the Jamie show, definitely appreciate you. But where you been? (laughs) Right. (laughs) We got 67, (laughs) 66 episodes. But the cool thing, usually when a big show hits, when we have new listeners, I notice all the shows jumping. And that's yeah. that's one thing that I noticed as well. The first episodes, like the old episodes where we did it over the cell phones and, right, right. and, and stuff, you know, I noticed those numbers jumping. So I think yeah. people, we did gain some new listeners and I'm, I'm happy Good. about that. that. So yeah, we're glad you're here, you know. So, so today, folks, we are going to do our top 10 favorite mass gimmicks. Yes. So, you know, this for me, I'm a huge mark for mass gimmicks i was as a kid and so i told jimmy earlier i said i could do 20 on this this is kind of hard <laughs> to narrow it down to 10 yeah and some of mine are not gonna be you may be like yeah some of them for me are nostalgic and then some of them for me are um uh more just the way it looks you know not yeah totally i was yeah. the greatest thing but yeah no and that and i will be too now this was requested to us so you guys know that we've been doing the top 10 list lately and it's been something that's kind of ignited our fire about talking about wrestling and reignited i should say and this one was requested to us by listener keenan brown so keenan shout out to you man thanks for bringing this one up yeah yeah facebook friend he brought up a lot of 
lists and there were some good ones on there, but this one I think piqued your interest the most. So yeah, man, I think this will be fun. Top 10 mask gimmicks. I'm excited. Let's take a break. Let's come on back and do it. Be right back after these messages. Hey folks, to get your official live and in color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. And we're back. And we are ready to do our top 10 mass gimmicks uh, of, of all time for us. Again, right do these lists we have our own reasons uh for for putting people where we put them and i'm sure but you could make four million different lists uh, if, if everybody did one theirself you know what i'm saying absolutely so, so what i based my list on was a few things some of it was just how cool it looked did, did i already say that in that or is i saying that to you no i mean you're 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 good keep going brother yeah okay. yeah so some of them are um you know what the gimmick looked like because I'm just I love those looks. I, me and Jamie started watching AAA uh, back in the early '90s when it was on satellite, and you know you, most people weren't watching that. You know then, right, right. And uh, we're seeing these guys doing these, you know, cool, amazing moves that now people have taken it to a whole nother level. Very choreographed style. Plus, we wrestled down there, but I just got to see so many of these cool gimmicks, and I, I just really love the the lucha libre look. I just it's cool to me. Hence the oh, cyberpunk, yeah. dude. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. started yeah. out. <laughs> now, this one, again, this is just something from my childhood and something I remember. I'm going with the assassins. Oh yeah, yeah. What great matches they had with like the fabulous ones and the rock and roll and all that stuff, man. They were oh, good. Yeah, I will not go into it too far because they might be on my list as well. But I will say this. I think that they are a top 10 100 percent. Absolutely. Love the assassins. So and, and that that vintage mask, you know. Oh, I, yeah. I don't like that, too. That's that style, that shape. I mean, of oh, course, I do too. Stuff now yeah. is way cooler, but that's just the the classic wrestling hood, you know. It totally is, dude. I mean, God forbid. I mean, and people don't take this wrong way, but God forbid an American wear a hood again. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? I mean, I'm I'm saying like Japanese have kind of co-opted it from Mexico, Mexican yeah. wrestling and stuff like that. But man, I tell you, I, I think a good quality American guy in a hood, and it can be black or white. I don't care about the color. I'm just saying an American style wrestler, you know, yeah. wearing a hood, nothing better. <laughs> cool too because they were like almost the same size and everything you know you, it was hard to tell which one was yeah. which they could do the switch gimmick and all that stuff yeah and i got a little more information but we'll talk about that when i bring them up so right. yeah but i love the assassin so okay number 10 for me and again i'm a sucker uh you know here it is i'm, I'm a wolfy mark is <laughs> 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 the number 10 is the cyberpunks <laughs> they're pg-13 under masks because of a loser leaves town match with bill dundee pg-13 were obliged to leave the uswa they returned <laughs> shortly after under masks as the cyberpunks 
with Jamie as ice and Wolfie as fire. Yeah. And then, you know, after some time that Cyberpunk's unmasked and returned being PG-13. So yeah. anyway, long story short, y'all had a good time with that. Tell me yeah. this, and, and I know we covered it possibly in the Cyberpunk show, but mm-hmm. was there like an image you had in mind that you could not achieve? Like you, you had something you were like, man, I, I see it right now and you can't get it. Or did they do it as close as possible? Nah, the, the guy did it. I, I, his name was transformer in, in Mexico. Yeah. And he had the coolest outfits, man. And so we just asked him, I drew a picture of both of them, uh, you know, like a little comic style picture of how I want them to look front and back. Yeah. Um, and, and he didn't even measure us. He just made them and brought them to <laughs> one day and they fit and <laughs> yeah um it, it, he he made them look exactly like what i drew on the page dude that's talent you know what i mean yeah he's good man so, uh, i wish you could save some pictures of him like i said i've tried to look him up since then you know this was 1994 but i just he had a different name in japan and i just i can't find no pictures of him but he had some really cool stuff there's one picture that i have of just like a you know you talk, used to take them to pharmacy and get them printed out of uh, yeah. Mexico yeah. of me and Jamie and him and just one outfit but he had so many that were really cool. Oh dude, I mean I just thought it was a cool gimmick. I know you said that it didn't really have any Mortal Combat connotation. It was more no, of but power. It I had mean. a lot of and to be honest with you, I don't think I really thought about it at the time. But I think what helped it with the kids because man, we would have them lined up at intermission. We'd be in the ring taking pictures and and kids and kids, you know, doing the Polaroids. It's because the the Power Rangers were hot right, right. then. And it was yeah. very Power Rangery. <laughs> Definitely. No. Yeah, I mean, it was Power Rangery. It was its own thing. I, you know, I mean, again, I just thought it was a cool gimmick. And hey, I mean, I'm going to put you at number 10 because I'll I, take I get, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Up to number nine. Very, very similar, different area of the country. The Grapplers. Oh, yeah. yeah wow. I remember the other one's name. Lynn. Lynn. Lynn Denton and the I other remember. guy. <laughs> and he had the the loaded boot. I always like that old gimmick. Stomp, you know, stomp the ground and kick them, and then fix it back where the ref can't tell. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, <laughs> my brother and I watched on our show. Give me back my pro wrestling. We did a watch along from Halloween Havoc, and they did Doom, and Doom had the masks on at that point, and they did this loaded mask gimmick. Yeah, have you ever seen? Didn't the, didn't they I've do seen, that sometimes? I've seen it. I don't know who I've, I've seen it more than once, but uh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure if there was like an originator of it or anything like that, but can you imagine? I mean, think about the concept of that and that it really, you know, people would buy it that there was some sort of, you know, heavy object in this boot that had a compartment that when he tapped his toe, it would slide to the front. Yeah. Him, and then he slid it to the back. It's it's <laughs> a gr- it's a great idea actually, and I mean it makes you believe it's like the loaded glove, it's like the loaded yeah. everything. I mean you know, and then Luger had the steel plate in his arm. I mean it's all yeah. and the other grappler. You're gonna kick yourself for this, but uh, it was the dirty white boy Tony. Oh, Anthony. that's right, that's right. Damn, <laughs> you know, my my history's not that good sometimes. It's all good, I man. Get stuff because I you know when I was looking at them, I wasn't looking at them like the guys that I know. You know what I'm saying? Right. Of course. <laughs> so it's, it's hard for me to remember that. And I well, remember 
being dirty white boy. And I mean, no disrespect to Tom Renesto or no disrespect to Tony Anthony, but yeah. when you think the assassin, you think Jody Hamilton. When mm-hmm. you think the grappler, you think Lynn Denton. They yeah. just happen to be a part of a tag team that were called the grapplers or the assassins, you know? Okay. So my number nine is way different than your number nine. And Hey, I love it. So this is good. So my number nine is a guy named Ray Phoenix. Now this guy is actually might be the only real new or current guy on my list, but this guy, honestly, Wolfie is one of my very favorite wrestlers you know you know when you said early on that training for wrestling was really easy to you because you just had a good control of your body Mm -hmm. and you could you could take it where you wanted it to go yeah to me ray phoenix is just exactly that he has this cool talent he's innovative he's got this swagger about him he actually will walk out sometimes and act like he's drunk, like staggering, (laughs) but he's so in control of his body that it looks damn cool, man. And so like he originally started his career in the Mexican independent circuit in 07. He actually signed with AAA in 2011. He's actually Mm -hmm. currently signed to AEW and AAA at the same time. I guess they got some kind of deal worked out where he is a double champion as the Latin America and world cruiserweight champion in AEW. Phoenix currently holds one third of the trio's title with the Death Triangle stablemates. He's with Pac and his brother Pinta El Zero Miedo. Now, Pinta is also very talented, has a super cool mask. I'm sure you've seen a picture of him. He's got the like skull face. He's got the missing. I've seen it. I can't think of it right off the top of my head, though. I yeah, probably. no, it's cool, man. You would love that gimmick, though. And he and his brother Pinta are the Lucha Brothers. They are actually one time AEW World Tag Champions. And in addition to this super talented, very innovative, and got great swagger. Honestly, I really think if given the right push, mm-hmm. Ray may end up being one of the all-time Mexican greats, in my personal opinion. So, very talented. There's a good plug for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to my number eight. And I used to love this gimmick, man. And then, then the guy ended up being in a gimmick that you you'll recall that I don't like. And uh, we know the reason is because I'm a road warrior guy, but it was the mass superstar and who later became Axe of Demolition. Yes. And I, I, no hating on Demolition, but when I was a kid, they were road warrior ripoffs to me. Exactly. So. Exactly. Anyway, mass superstar. I really enjoyed his work as that gimmick. Oh, yeah. Bill Eady, man. I mean, here's the thing. I've joked about this before. I'm going to say it here because it'll work. Now, no disrespect to Bill Eady, but here's why the Road Warriors were better. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you take off the face paint of oh, the yeah. Road Warriors, they're still looking badass, right? Yeah. If you take off the paint of demolition, they look like your high school shop teachers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yes, yes. And again, yes, no disrespect to Demolition, because right. I think Bill Eady and Barry Dorso are badasses in oh, life. Yeah. And they're, I've heard they're great guys. Yeah, so nice. you've worked on shows with them before, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bill, I, I can't remember if I was yeah. Barry at all. Um, but yeah, man. And you know, he used to do that. Uh, and a lot of guys don't do it no more. Or at least I hadn't seen it in a long time. But instead of the clothesline, you know, big Steiner, right. Road Warrior line, whatever. He did that sit-out clothesline. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Randy Savage used to do that sometimes, too. And those are really the only two people that I saw use it frequently, but I always thought that looked good. 
It does, man. And dude, the mass superstar was a legend in the Carolinas, man. His feuds with Paul Jones and all that. I mean, dude, he was a legend. And dude, that was, I'd say at one time was probably one of the more popular masked gimmicks as the baby face. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So anyway, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be the masked superstar, you got to be a great wrestler. (laughs) You know, and then he did the demolition gimmick, which gave him a totally different run nationally. Yeah. You know? So nothing wrong with that. So you know, I feel like our lists are kind of going in the opposite direction, but I like <laughs> this. So my number eight is Ultimo Dragon. He's a Mexican Japanese pro yeah. wrestler and actor. He won the J Crown, a unification of eight lower weight division titles from various international promotions. I think at that time he held like 10 titles mm-hmm. <laughs> and that I, I think that's a record still to this day this was sometime in 96 i believe to 97 he actually held all those titles i mean can, dude can you imagine going through airports with 10 titles <laughs> hopefully uh, the company would hang on to him for him. <laughs> you would hope right but i think i remember him walking around wcw with with all these belts. Some places, uh, I know like, you know, USWA and stuff. Uh, there was a lot of times I didn't care. A lot of times I did carry my, my tag belt, but it seems like there was other belts that they wouldn't let you take with you. They didn't really, uh, honestly, because when me and Jamie started winning those titles, they they were red still, and they had a plate missing. So they didn't really give a fuck about those belts. They'd been treated <laughs> like shit. And right. then when Randy got in and, and uh, you know, the push really began is when they changed it to black and redid them. Those red titles are beautiful, though, man. Yeah. I, like I know them. they hold a special place in your heart for sure. Yeah. But, but at the same time, the black titles look great. I, to me, because if I'm not mistaken, I think we had a listener point that out, that they actually started out on black leather, and they came from the Fuller in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that, but he actually sent in a picture showing a picture of you and Jamie standing beside. It was Ron Fuller and oh, the big tall cousin. Buckhouse Bunk. Buckhouse Bunk. He's standing there and they are wearing the same titles it's just on a black leather strap versus uh, y'all's being on red so i feel like maybe they were black and then they went red and then they went black awesome. again but who knows anyway, you know who you could ask randy Hales. <laughs> i know no. I, I'll, I'll write that down <laughs> anyway but yeah long story short i i was just curious because i and i think i remember you saying that that you all had left the uswa titles at home when you went to wwe because yeah. you didn't think they would be you just thought they would be a waste of time right yeah because and we were supposed to have them and we did, <laughs> we did not nobody told us <laughs> where's so, the belts at <laughs> box of the ring uh, and vince mcmahon says they are the uswa tag team champions or so whoever the, the announcer was right <laughs> and what if belts. <laughs> what if vince was planning to do a buddy wayne on you what if you <laughs> <laughs> you dead going prima donnas yeah anyway so we just thought, no, they're not going to let us do that. Because that was back too when, like, until the Monday Night Wars, they didn't mention each other. Exactly. You know? And yeah. no, nobody would mention nobody. So Yeah, yeah. To go back to that, Ultimo Dragon was a big part of those. He was the, one of the great cruiserweights during those Monday Night Wars. But anyway. Yeah, he was damn good. He was yeah, damn he good. was, man. He, he was. Look All right. So number seven for me is psychosis i thought he was a hell of a worker the gimmick looked good you know that hair going around but he was he was a really good worker too though and that's kind of what made me put him up as high as i got him 
Did you ever work on any shows with him? Uh, he was, yeah, I think he was in WCW. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably was. To me, you're exactly right. He was a very talented guy. I know that WCW went through an era when they tore off all their masks, and it was just like, what? Yeah, I know they were trying to make them real, right, dude? dude I, I just, you're, you're cutting their guts out. You know, yeah. you're cutting we'll, their. We'll get to more of that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to more of that. <laughs> that makes what? sense. Number seven for me. He's big. He's bad. And guess what? It's time. Big Van Vader. So he worked for New Japan, WCW, WWF, All Japan, and NOAA during the 90s and 2000s. I mean, actually, I think people have said this, that he's regarded as one of the greatest super heavyweight pro wrestlers of all time. Yeah. And Overall, he's a 15-time world champion. You know, when we get into his masks, I mean, his masks, I think, were pretty simple and, you know, really didn't cover a lot. I like the big thing that he wore that blew the smoke out. Oh, yeah. Like the shoulder plaid deal. Uh, That was really cool. As far as his mask, for me personally... It's, I think that's probably the reason I, I actually, I did think of him because of that thing, but then I was like, oh, he really don't have a mask mask. Right. You, you can 100% tell what he looks like. You know what it, I'm saying? It's like when you see a girl in a G string, it's like, yeah, <laughs> right. ain't, ain't hiding a lot there. Yeah. Big man. And, Vader. And, and honestly, man, for, I don't know why, but I was just, and, and this is another kid thing. I was just never high on Vader. I never really thought he yeah. was that good myself I, but then once i get in the business obviously I, I i understand now and 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 know things and plus he rolled over on jamie and tried to hug him in his sleep or whatever <laughs> yeah we should have got him to tell that story oh That's, dude yeah you know, everybody well, in the dressing room at wwe and i guess they were kind of close to each other because everybody you know put your bag behind your head for the pillow and then uh jamie came running out of the dressing room and i forget who was standing around and He's like, Vader just rolled over and hugged me, started humping me. <laughs> he says that like Vader was dreaming and rolled over, put his arm around him, I guess like threw his leg over. I don't know, but Jamie got up, ran out of there. So that's another Jamie story. I wasn't there. I didn't see it, but I was there when he ran out of the dressing room uh, with his uh, uh, <laughs> his story there, scared to death because I mean, if, if Vader's the kind of guy that if he wants it, he could have probably took it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, twenty twenty two, he was put into the WWE Hall of Fame. Again, it wasn't necessarily for his mask, but dude, that diving moonsault was pretty pretty badass, That's pretty impressive. But Bam Bam had already done it. You know? You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. And you know, hey. Gotta love Bam Bam, but he didn't wear a mask. So. No. <laughs> he tattooed his mask on top of his head. He sure did. Good for <laughs> him. What was his name? It was like Crusher. What was he uh, in, in Memphis? It was Crusher something. Anyway, not uh, not a not a big deal. Yeah. All right. So we're at number six. My number six, uh, another kind of kid thing that I, I just thought this guy looked really cool because there was really no mask like that uh, in this time frame here is Tiger Mask. And we both know Tiger Mask could work his ass off, too. Oh, uh, yeah. But that mask, you know, and I I don't know, something about it, you know, looking like a tiger with the fur. And yeah, it was just really cool looking mask. And his capes were cool and he could go. 
So, oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So, tell me this: Tiger Mask was in that era of the like the later Dynamite Kid, mm-hmm. early Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero period, mm-hmm. right? When those guys were kind of coming up, and then Dynamite right. was kind of like their idol, basically. And Tiger yeah. Mask, yeah was their other idol essentially tiger mask is definitely one that i should have put on this list but again i kind of went with my favorites i just don't know as much about tiger mask yeah and i am on two different wrestling podcasts and i don't know enough about that but anyway i need (laughs) to figure that out but anyway tiger mask is great and i've heard millions of great things about him so yeah great great choice for sure and you're right i like the way that it looked like a tiger you know yeah it it was a great mask tiger mask (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <duh. laughs> well, my number six, Wolfie D, this one is the reason probably why I didn't put the mask superstar on here mm. is I went with the spoiler Don Jardine. Uh, yeah. So he's six, five, 300 pounds. Yeah, spoiler alert. He was the super destroyer in my area. And, you know, he was a Canadian guy, but he was best known for being the spoiler or the super destroyer. Jardine was a major star in various promotions. He worked in the Fed first in 74 and again from 84 to 86. But honestly, to me, he probably had his biggest in the NWA when he was working in Florida and Georgia and big time wrestling. You know, he I think he ended up in world class. Class and then, but literally, he wrestled from the early 60s to the mid 80s. The one thing that I think about Don Jardine too is how much Undertaker borrowed from him. See, so. I've I've not seen, and that's the reason I didn't put him on my list because the name obviously uh, is is kind of legend with masked wrestlers in those in those days. Uh, but I didn't put him on there because I didn't get to see him enough, and and yeah. you know I, he wasn't around here a lot that I can recall anyway. But well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and his, I think his, most most people like I'm not saying to the level of Hulk Hogan, but non wrestling fans, I think they may not know exactly who he is and what he looks like. But if you were to say the spoiler in conversation or something, they would probably know that that was a famous mass wrestler. What do you think? Oh yeah, totally. He's definitely one of those like the assassin and like yeah. the you know those names that just stand out as a masked wrestler. Right. I just I love the name, the spoiler. I love the super destroyer as a name too, but I like the spoiler better, even though he was super D in the Carolinas. But I didn't get to see as much of him in his heyday, you know, in the seventies. That's you know, those guys that are a generation older than us, those are yeah. the guys that really got the seventies wrestlers. And again, nothing wrong with seventies wrestling. In a lot of cases, it's very good to watch for fundamentals. Sometimes you know? it's even better. <laughs> yeah, it is. But at the same time, my mentor Kenny Still was a huge Super D fan, and he made me go watch a bunch of stuff. He was like, "Look at this, watch this. This is really good." And I would go watch a lot of his stuff just to just to see something different. So I, that's kind of I got to know him after the fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. great stuff. Loved it. So you know that's number six. I, you know I say, well, we do this. You want to take a break real quick? Sure. And then we'll come back with five through one. That work. Yeah, sounds good to me. Hey, come back with your mask on this time, okay? <laughs> right. After these messages. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. 
support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. All right, we are we are back. And Jimmy, why don't you start this time with your number five selection? Oh, well, that's very kind of you, Wolfie D. I thought <laughs> the people might be a Tired of me talking, but I'll go ahead. So my number five, he he could be number one on a lot of people's list. I thought his mask was one of the coolest of all time. He's probably one of the most, in Japanese-Mexican lore, he's probably one of the most popular wrestlers of all time mm-hmm. in Jushin Thunder Liger. Mm-hmm. So. I loved his mask. He he's one of oh, the yeah. he's actually one of the longest tenured members of New Japan. He's literally wrestled since his debut in 1984 until 2020. So, dude had a Long career. career. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, he was kind of like <sighs> damn it. I just thought of one man that I'm going to say this name cuz I, I bet you it's not on uh your list and it's not on mine, but Juice and Thunder Liger was like um Lasertron to me. Do you remember Lasertron? Dude, I loved La- Hector Guerrero, right? Yes, I loved yeah. Lasertron. Loved him. Yeah. And uh, that was, it was kind of like, I know Lasertron was on TV probably a little more over here than, than Liger, but right. it was kind of like that special, oh, he's coming on, I want to watch him. You know what I mean? Totally. Lasertron was dope, and I'm kicking <laughs> myself for not having yes, him too, on the Yes, me too. So, I mean, I just remember him popping up, and he was working as a buddy to Jimmy Valiant, who, to be honest, never a huge fan of Boogie Woogie Man. Not, <laughs> not, not saying he's not a great guy or right. anything. You know, I just hated the – I just – I don't know. It was like the him and the road warriors. Who are you going to pick? You know, <laughs> <laughs> too much comedy for you, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but if we're talking but Charlie he, Brown, you know, days, he wasn't as comical as it became. Oh no. Totally. Stuff, you know, but I mean, yeah. he, and he was such a, it, it's funny. I don't want to say funny. Funny is not a good word for this, but to look at him now and to look how he looked back then, it's like, is this the same person? I you know? know. I mean, I know he's gotten old, but I mean, he just—he's—he he was a big man. He was a big man, and he still had the—he still has the height, but he, his size yeah. has gone way down. But anyway, <laughs> to get back to Jushin Thunder Liger, <laughs> it's cool. Did you know that his gimmick was based on an anime series? It looks like it. Yeah, it does, right? And literally was created from that. He became Jushin Thunder Liger, and he like tore the junior heavyweight division a- a- apart. And 
what's cool, man, is one of the first matches I remember seeing of Liger in my younger days was the very first match on Monday Nitro where he wrestled Brian Pillman. And, dude, they tore that mother down, man. I believe it. Dude, Pillman. I, I probably and, saw it. Yeah, know. you probably did. And then, of course, WWE, oddly, and not bad. It's a bad, not a bad thing. I just think there's a few more people to go in before him. But they put him in their Hall of Fame in 2020. And he actually just had his retirement match in January of 2020 at Wrestle Kingdom 14. So 35 years after his career began, mm. he retired. So anyway, that was Liger. I just thought Liger was one of those guys that you would hear about growing up as a wrestling fan, but you never really got to see. And right. then when I finally got to see him, I was like, holy crap, this guy's great, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, it was just so different to because you, you didn't have YouTube to look anything up on or, you know, you, you just didn't. And unless it was a still picture in one of the magazines, you know? Yeah. That's really what to see him. But, so, like, your, your gimmick of Airwolf, the idea obviously made sense with your name, but yeah. you were kind of thinking of as a, a high flyer. Like, at that very moment, even being as young as you were, who would you say at that point, and I know maybe not on down the line, but who would you say at that point was your biggest you know like mass wrestler influence no i'm just saying as oh. Airwolf, you know oh man i mean like i said there's those there's the I, I tried to mimic randy savage i tried to if somebody did something that looked good i i wanted to make it look like theirs but then i had a whole bunch of different stuff that wasn't just that one person you know see some people that try to be one person and you're like ah he wrestles just like so-and-so mm-hmm. no i wanted you know different stuff so i just kind of would pick from the different people that i liked and if if it didn't if i didn't do it good that's why i said always watch myself instead of people i did that that too a little bit but not like on tape uh but i just learned in the ring but um if it didn't look good i'd take it out that makes sense no that's good because course correction means a lot i've done it through this podcast a whole lot (laughs) (laughs) but anyway all right man all right you're number five so. My number five is the Ding Dongs. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm totally just kidding. I'm totally just kidding. I just wanted to see what you pop for that. Um, all right. So my number five, and the reason why now I'm getting into people that, like, not not solely on looks, but, you know, success, I guess, maybe you would say, in the business. So right. my number five, and you might think, why is he all the way down at five? But And I'll tell you why. It's because it killed me when they unmasked him. Yeah. I'm talking about Kane. Oh, yeah. I yeah. hated bald-headed Kane. I just right. didn't like that. The mask made that shit, man. It did. That it costume did. was fucking cool. <laughs> so I wonder why they did that. Was it just to try to progress the character, maybe? Or maybe just the... That movie he did? Or, or like a maybe that, too, but also like a... You know, the rejuvenate thing, kind of like we were talking about with The Undertaker and doing the the uh, American Badass thing and shit like that. You know, it's so it don't get stale, maybe, is what they were thinking. I don't know. Sure. You becoming Slash, that thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that, man, but I, I totally agree with you. He's on my list, too, but honestly, you're right. That really hurt it, you know. Well, I, mean, I don't know that it hurt it, per se. It did, though. It, it, I just, I personally was like, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he may have been more successful, but in my opinion, it hurt it. That's guys yeah. what I meant. So it didn't yeah. look as cool, that's for sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it, it didn't. And his his mask to me was so cool. And dude, you that 
Yeah, it was. It was original. It made you feel like his face was really burnt under there. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're right, dude. I mean, I mean, I'll get to him in a second, but <laughs> All right. my number four is, and this dude, I don't know a ton about him, but I know how this one is kind of like the critics pick. Does this make sense? Like, yeah. I feel like to throw him on here is just because I, if I don't have him on here, I, I pretty much can't have many of these other guys yeah. is El Santo. Okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Let yeah. me say this on him. You know, he was, he, you know, how they kayfabe so much, the Mexican guys. He's, he was buried in his mask. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, dude, some of these dudes, man, you know, have, in Mexico, they run for office and be sitting in their suits with their mask on and stuff. It's like, he's such yeah. a kayfabe, buddy. That is kayfabe at the max right there, dude. And if you think about it, I mean, I've heard, you know, like people would say like Mil Mascaris. Ric Flair said that he saw Mil Mascaris one time without his mask. Uh-huh. And and it was just like he didn't know who it was, but he realized who it was once he saw it. And then but yeah. Mill would even shower in his mask. And uh-huh. I mean, I know that's not as crazy as running for office in a damn mask, but <laughs> still yeah. that shows you. So he was a Mexican luchador actor and folk hero el santo is one of the most famous and iconic mexican luchadors and has been referred to as one of the greatest legends in mexican sports his wrestling career spanned five decades from 1934 to 1982, which he became a folk hero and a symbol of justice for the common man. Basically, it sounds like he was like Lone Ranger, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. And he's been in movies and comic books telling fictionalized stories of El Santo fighting for justice. He starred or co-starred in at least 54 movies between. So let me ask you this. That's your number four, right? That's my number four. Yeah. With all that we've just said about it, and I'm not I'm not knocking the decision because I don't even have him on my list. I do have him written down as a side note, but um why why four? Yeah. I mean, here's the reason. Honestly, I just don't know enough about yeah. him personally as a wrestler. I mean, he could easily be number one, you know, and yeah. number one would be no issue. But he's almost so far out of time in my perspective. Right. He wrestled until 82, and I remember watching my first match in 84 or 85. Anyway, long story short, you're right. Number four, it's it's an argument there, but my number threes, number two and number one, I feel like, in my personal opinion, are are more than him. So, yeah. We'll probably start hitting some some doubles here in a minute. (laughs) Yeah, pretty soon. So, my number four, are we ready for my number four? Yes, sir. All right. My number four is the Midnight Rider. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> and I say that, man, because I always liked it when they get beat and, and come back under something else. And it, obviously, Cyberpunk's. Uh, I just liked it when they did that. But it, obviously, being dusty in a hood and the music. Let me you tell know? you something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was cool, man. Well, okay. So we had Charlie Brown from out of town. That was Jimmy Valiant, right? Charlie uh-huh. Brown from out of town. Then we had the Cyberpunks, of course. We had the Midnight Rider, but Dusty also did that tag team with Magnum as the James Gang or the James Boys. Uh-oh. 
That's and it was tough. Frank and Jesse against the Midnight Express. But yeah. the Midnight Rider, dude, is the first time I remember anybody doing that. Now, again, I know it had happened before and it happened later. But yeah. in my personal perspective of wrestling, I was so tempted to put the Midnight Rider on here. But I just did <laughs> not know if it like qualified enough. But, dude, I it's great. Because, A, it's dusty and it's a gimmick and it was over. I mean, people, dusty oh, is yeah. great. He'd he'd bring the horse out. He would do like shots of him at a fire, like he's out in the old west. What was the one Dutch did? What was his name? Oh man, Uh, Texas Dirt. What's that? Dirty Red or Texas Dirt? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's it. Yeah, and then then Coco did Stagger Lee. Stagger Lee. Yep. And Um, again, not think of any other ones that got beat. Come back under. Hogan did Mister USA. But that was much later. But it was also a, uh, uh, oh man, there's another one of the one. machines. The machines, man. Dude, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I told you we could have done a top 20 on this. I know. The machines were great because they were giant machine, was Andre. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Eady was a machine. I, I know so. for a, I think he was like super machine. Then Hogan was, was Hogan or Hulk machine or something. <laughs> Blackjack Mulligan was one. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the machines were great. And anyway, that's a definite good gimmick. Now, okay, my number three is you've already said it. It's your number five, I believe, right? Did you say Kane was number five? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the big red machine, Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knox County. Yeah. Fix them potholes. (laughs) A three-time world champion. He's held the WWF, ECW, and World Heavyweight Champion one time each. He's a 12-time tag team champion, WCW tag champion, and WWE tag champion with, you know, various partners. Two-time Intercontinental Champion, a Money in the Bank winner, as well as the third man to complete the WWE's Grand Slam. Ric Flair dubbed him as one of the best big men in the world, which is kind of vague if you say that. Like It's like one of the best. It's like, okay, well, how how many are we putting him in one of? But anyway, if Rick says you're one of the best of anything, that's a freaking compliment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Big um, Show dubbed him as the best big man ever. I don't know. We'll see. Kane holds the record for most appearances in a Royal Rumble match at 20 as well as the highest cumulative total of eliminations at 46. Now, I know you're going to say something, and I'm going to let you talk, but I just remember one of the first things about him coming out as Kane, he had that one arm showing, and he had a tricep that I swear you could have eaten a bowl of soup out of. That dude's a big boy, man. Uh, Glenn used to drive this, when he was in Memphis, he used to drive this little bitty car, and uh, when back when... Kentucky Fried Chicken had the rotisserie chickens. He would, I swear to God, the car was like piled up the inside with fucking boxes of those things, man. Where he'd eat them, <laughs> just pitched them in the back or pitched them next to him and shit. Somebody could eat some chickens. I bet he could. Hey, he, let me. He's also the Christmas creature. Yeah. You may not remember that. And he was uh, Unibomb. Unibomb. Yeah. More than one mass gimmick. So. Totally. And the Unibomb was my first time noticing him. I didn't know about the Christmas creature until much later. I bet he wished they would have put a fucking paper sack over his head when he was Isaac Yankum. Oh, bro. (laughs) Bless his heart. 
That's whew, here. We'll do this to you. Okay. Kane, keep up the good work. Fix them potholes, and we're good to go, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's not much more to say on him because I I said him too. So yeah, you're good. You're what number are, three. Is it my turn again? Yes, sir. And we're at number three. Yes, and this sir. Another one. You've already said this one. Uh, we talked a lot about him. Was uh, Juice and Thunder Liger? That's my number three. Yeah, dude, a living cartoon character, and <laughs> you know, one of the one of the ones that if you were to say go out there and work this guy, he's going to go out there and work an incredible match and look super damn cool doing it. So yeah. Super cool. Yeah, super cool. All right. So my number two, I feel kind of weird saying it now that you called me out on El Santo, but Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still sticking with it. He was your number 10 and my number two, the assassin, specifically Jody Hamilton, but definitely the assassins. You know, obviously they're a mass team from the 60s to the 80s. Jody Hamilton, the original assassin, was a member throughout the various incarnations of the team. He was the mainstay, whereas, you know, he had Tom Renesta for the majority of it, but they actually had Roger Smith, not sure who Roger is, Randy Colley, you know Randy, Hercules Hernandez was a assassin, did you know that? No, no. Yeah, bro, and a guy named Ray Fambro. So Jim Ross stated that the masked assassins were the greatest tag team that he ever saw. I personally got to see Jimmy Valiant wrestle Jody in a show in Council, Virginia in the mid 80s. And one thing that Jody is not known for, and it doesn't really mean anything about his damn mask, but he opened up the power plant for WCW. So that's like the OG performance center. So seeing him in real life was a trip, dude. When he wrestled Jimmy Valiant, it was crazy Uh because he was older, he was smaller. I just remember seeing that he was old through his mask. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I, f- I feel bad for saying that, but I've always loved that style of look of mask. And yeah, anyway, that's my number two. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that's <laughs> what t- tell me. Did you ever know Tom Renesto at all? I know Tim. I never I know. Knew Tom. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I know, I know a couple of people that have known him, but I don't really know a lot about him. If that makes sense. So right. what are we number two? We're at number two. For you. My number two, the Conquistadors. Just kidding again. <laughs> okay. Rough and ready. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. My number two. And the reason I put him at two was, again, because they unmasked him. And I wish he never would have been unmasked. And that's Ray Mysterio Jr. I knew you were going to say that. I can't imagine what your number one is, honestly. But yeah, Ray Mysterio Jr. I mean, what more can be said? So yeah. I'm just, you know, since Triple yeah. A before, you know, it got here, and we're seeing this dude down there. He's like, man, look at this shit, man. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say it since you made him number two. He's my number one. Ray okay. Mysterio Jr. I had a feeling we was going to be right there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you I think you get it in your head. You're like, Jimmy's going for Undertaker on the horror <laughs> list. I'm going to make him my number two to show him he's a bitch. No, <laughs> no just kidding. I, maybe unconsciously I'm going, okay, I don't want us to have the exact same list. <laughs> of course, of course. And I don't want that either. But I, And I can count but on I'm you. truthful you know, on my picks. I really am. Oh, I know you are. And I'm not questioning that. But here's the thing. Rey Mysterio is why I think he's the greatest masked wrestler of all time. His mm-hmm. talent, his longevity, and innovation. Dude, he started out like a, the same age as you, basically. Or maybe even younger. 
I don't, a lot of people throw him in the greatest of all time list, but I don't know about that, but he is very good in that, very high in that list, you know, right. Not only is he one of the best mass wrestlers, uh, luchadors, he's one of the best professional wrestlers ever. Oh, totally, totally. He's credited for popularizing cruiserweight wrestling, and honestly, he's one of the reasons I watched was so interested at that time. He's a nephew of Rey Mysterio Sr. He began wrestling in 89 at age 14 on the indies before signing with AAA in 92. He he spent some time at ECW, and then he departed to WCW in 96, and that's where he literally became a superstar. He, yeah helped popularize Lucha Libre in the U.S., which led to the rise of cruiserweight wrestling divisions. So at that time, it was widely known that WCW had better undercard matches than their main events, whereas... You know, he was a several-time heavyweight champion, actually two-time. He was cruiserweight champion five times, world tag champion three times. And again, I agree, they took his damn mask off. It's stupid. You know, he's literally a multi-time champion, one of the greatest of all time. And just leave the damn mask alone, you know? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah, I wish they had done that. All right, so my number one, and the reason, because we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, Mil Maskeris. And the reason I say that, it's really not, it's it's for his, like you were talking about El Santo. Yeah. That, it, it, Mill was a little bit after that. Right. And that was kind of a, a mass wrestler that I saw in magazines and things. Obviously, he didn't come to Memphis, I don't think. Maybe if he did, it wasn't many times. Um But the, the, like you were saying, Flair said he, he you know, he never saw him without it. And at one time he showered with it. He fucking wore it everywhere. Do you realize how hard that is to do? Oh, I'm sure. Let the boys see you, not let nobody see you ever without your fucking mask on for that many years. He gets my number one because uh, just the 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 dedication to concealing (laughs) his identity, man. I mean, that's totally. Totally. Because I know how hard that is to do. I did wear a mask for a little bit. You know, people knew who it was. You still, you know, I've rode in the floorboard of cars before riding with the heels, you know, back when kayfabe was a thing. But, you know, for him to kayfabe like that, man, it blows my mind. It really does. Can you imagine how hot it would be to have that on all the time? Yeah. And those those Mexican masks aren't necessarily thin paper. They're pretty no. thick and some of them are almost quilted you know depending on the design you may not have a lot of breathing room in there right, right. <laughs> like the cyberpunk mask has one two three i'm looking at it to my thing uh one <laughs> two three four it's got four slits for the mouth that are very small and then yeah. one small slit for the nose don't and lie you're wearing it right eye. now uh <laughs> I said, don't lie. You're wearing it right now. I got it on. I got it on for this episode. <laughs> it's like in your face, Jimmy. Where's your mask gimmick? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, you're right on that. Mill Maskers, definitely. I, he should have been on my list, but I felt like I gave the nod to El Santo on that one, being that he's the OG OG. But Mill, for sure. I guess one thing that I heard about him that kind of soured me on mill and it has nothing to do with his character, his mask or anything was that he was just a dick. Like, and Mick Mick Foley said he was a dick. And honestly, if Mick Foley thinks you're a dick, guess what? That's pretty bad. You're a dick. You know, (laughs) I mean, if Mick thinks that, come on, I mean, Mick's like known as the nicest guy, right? I mean, so was that mill maskers that, uh, 
Foley took that bump as Cactus Jack on WCW where he drop kicked him off the apron and he flat backed it on the ground. Yes, 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 that's him. I, I remember that bump because that was you weren't seeing bumps like that then. That's no. He flat backed it off the apron. Uh, can you imagine? And I want to say there wasn't no pads uh, down no. there. No, because Bill Watts pulled them all. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so... That's a, that's, let me tell you something. I don't, you know, people that question some of the things in wrestling, I promise you that fucking hurt. But then, hell, his most famous bump is 300 feet in the air <laughs> going off the cage. Uh, bro. So, <laughs> we, all right. So, yeah, let's just go to that bump. I want to talk about that for a second. So, okay. you've taken big bumps. I mean, yeah. you know, you have. You were known as a bump guy. In mm. your mind... What are you thinking when you do that drop like he does? Do you just do it and let gravity I, take I've, it? I've, you're talking about uh, off the top of that. I've never done anything that high. I've done the, I've gotten on top of the cage, and you know how I always do the front flip. I've done yeah. that off the top of the cage, and it's like a, and that, that's a long way down too. Not near what he did, but uh, it's you can. There's a certain height that you get to. That when you start coming down, you can hear the wind pick up by your ears. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'll say that, you know, off the top of the cage like that, I, it's like you jump and then it's like, yeah, then yeah. you hear the bump. But it's yeah. like you can hear the wind going by the, your ears. And that's when you know you're up pretty high. Yeah. So, so here's the thing, man, we went to the beach, I think when we graduated high school in 96 and I actually jumped the bungee jump that did it from the ankles like mm. the the old school one before mm-hmm. they put it at the waist <laughs> and all that and i did that and now you couldn't pay me to get on an elevator that's too tall i'm telling you man i just i i don't i don't like heights anymore have you like go- never liked heights but for some reason you know i sit there and i say that but i've done dives out of the balcony I've yeah up of a cage for some reason you know the adrenaline and and see for me it's like there's a certain height that's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Other heights that's going to kill your fucking ass. <laughs> right. right. So I don't like those kinds. <laughs> yeah. The heights that kill you totally differ than the heights that hurt, but the heights that it's like levels of hurt <laughs> and then dead and then obliterated. And then they're scraping you off the ground. Yes. But so, you know, like the space needle in Gatlinburg, I could mm-hmm. go up on that mother. No problem. No mm-hmm. issue whatsoever. Now I wouldn't go near it. Honestly, I don't even like to go in near the arcade that's down below it. You know, nope. I, I just, but at the same time, what I'm asking is, is in your mind, what are you thinking when you, you're just thinking of that air whipping by you essentially. And you're like, okay, this might hurt a little but No, I, I, I really don't try to think about it you you do want to like, especially if you're up in the balcony and you're trying to judge where the table's at and shit i mean you know you don't want to over you know i hate it when they're looking 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 okay am i good am i good am i good okay i'll go now you yeah. gotta make it look like it's part of the fall you know and so that's the challenge on something like that like that was a hard bump that i took out of the balcony one time backwards out of the fairgrounds balcony through a table because of the fact that I'm looking back and I'm trying to judge where one table is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, you go man. And you, and like for me in saying that you got to go and you got to make it look like you're not doing it to yourself. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing because you know, it does it almost just look like a stunt fall with Mix, you know, coming off that hell in a cell because he just kind of manipulates his body a bit to turn and then yeah. he lets gravity take over and yeah. he just lands like through the table and people are like the table was worse. I can't believe he hit the table. Why would he? And I was like, you want him to just hit the flat ground? That would be so much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could have potentially killed him yeah literally i mean a flat i mean it would be horrible you couldn't control yourself so anyway yeah but i you know i know we got to that from the ray mysterios and the in the mill maskers but you know this has been fun man i, I enjoyed talking about masks today yeah. so i hope y'all enjoyed it that was oh, like the mask gimmicks like i said and we could have done the top 20 for sure we definitely could there was another one that i thought of uh but i haven't seen him enough but i just know i've seen the mask is that guy Luchasaurus? I think oh. he's really neat too. Yeah, dude, exactly. I wish they could do something with him. It, you know, it just seems like because he's actually pretty talented. I mean, I think he's got some martial arts abilities, or he mm-hmm. seems to. But it just seems like he's kind of in that deal with his ex partner, Jungle Boy, and they're just kind of fighting with each other and doing nothing really, you know. And I, uh, I, I really wanted to put. I said it as a joke, but I really wanted to put Rough and Ready on there just yeah. because of the fact that they were like, and, and they're like the conquistadors, you know, they're kind of like the the mass job guys or whatever, but you still know their fucking names. I'm so surprised at how many people remember Rough and Ready. I, I think that's hilarious. I mean, do, but it, it's a it's a memorable gimmick, you know, it yeah. was a memorable thing. So I had a few honorable mentions I wanted to say. So yeah. Cato, our boy Cato from, mm-hmm. you know, of course we, you know, we had him on as Paul Diamond, but he yep. was Cato for his big run. Quang, another, you know, Savio Vega, he's been yep. on the show, so we got to throw him out. I did but, put... Was Mil- he a mask or was he, he was a uh, face paint, wasn't he? It was... It was a mask. Yeah, it was what? a mask. Yeah, was it was like a, I mean, it was just like a Japanese looking kind of mask, but it was, it was, was definitely, that's why I thought yeah. it was paint. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then I had Mill Maskers on the honorable mentions, which is ridiculous if you think about it. But, <laughs> and Blue Blazer, obviously, the rest in peace. I wanna, yeah. And anyway, those are some honorable mentions that I had, you know, just to kind of throw their names on the list. Again, like you said, we could have easily done a 20 and had no problem with it. But yeah. one thing I always like to leave room for at the end, you know what I'm going to say, right? Right. About some current affairs. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you, what, what was that again? You put a little, <laughs> nah, never mind. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. All right, we're back with Current Affairs, and today we've got a few funny, interesting current affairs. I know these are like dragging you over glass sometimes, but (laughs) we'll go ahead and start with this one. The biggest one, well, one of the biggest ones is Bret Hart has recently been, you know, Bret, God love him. He's definitely one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, but man, he comes off grouchy, and I think he's really bitter. (laughs) And and I mean he holds a grudge like nobody's business, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I I've been around Brett just a little bit, and he does have kind of a demeanor like that. But he's a nice guy, from what I, you yeah. know, had any yeah. 
talkings with him, anything like that. Um, he's a nice guy. And you got to remember how he came up, man. He right. came up old school as fuck, right. you know, getting stretched in his daddy's basement. And, you know, then when people are not respective of the business and, and you know, I, and he was damn good. He's one of the best ever. Totally. Uh, and I don't know if it's that he feels like he didn't get the recognition he deserves, but I mean, I don't understand why. He, I mean, fuck, everybody knows who Bret Hart is, you know? Totally. Well, here's what he's saying right now. So obviously we know he carried a horrible grudge against Vince and Sean. Now, whether that was a work or whether mm-hmm. that was legit, either way, here his newest grudge. And again, this is a continuation from what ended his career, but he's calling for WWE to remove Goldberg from the Hall of Fame, saying yeah. that Barry Horowitz is more deserving <laughs> as he could actually wrestle. Yeah, that's just the old school <laughs> in him, man. <laughs> Goldberg is is not a good wrestler. We know this. I mean, right. We know that he was right place, right time, had the intensity, the power. And, you know, I mean, like I walked by his, we on the way to the ring, we walked by his dressing room and it was, you know, one of those buildings with the painted concrete bricks or whatever. And some bitch is beating his fucking head on the wall trying to get hyped up. I'm like, motherfucker, man, on a fucking concrete wall. Come on, man. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, did, did they not have a good pre-workout that he could use to do that at their own or something? But much of it, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was it. But golly, that's funny because wonder how many concussions he gave himself. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. he he busted that window out of that limousine one time and severed an artery on his arm yeah Yeah. he did a lot of things to himself but maybe that's just a football player in him i've never been the biggest fan of goldberg but i definitely respect what he did and where he came from but with that being said i think brett's still sore about the you know stiff kick that he gave him that caused him to have a concussion that led to jeff jarrett coming in the ring and giving him the stroke no i'm just kidding he had a stroke (laughs) in real life And (laughs) I've been waiting for years to use that joke. So anyway, he's calling for Goldberg. It's never going to happen. And unfortunately, probably never going to happen. Barry in the hall of fame too, but (laughs) Hey, God love Barry and Reno and Mm. Mike Sharp and all those guys, you know? All right. So my next one, I've been waiting to talk to you about this one because once I heard about it, so, you know, we've talked about AEW possibly going to their own streaming network, having their own thing, or going to the, to HBO max, which seems more, more likely now. Well, not only are they not really doing great in the wrestling business, but now they're going to try to branch out to the, reality show business okay so i'm going to read this article so discovery plus the company that owns aew mentioned in a press conference recently they plan on producing shows for aew that doesn't necessarily involve wrestling below is a list of shows they have recently been approved for production so these are approved these aren't just pipe dreams okay All right, Walls of Jericho, the legendary Hall of Fame wrestler Chris Jericho and his construction crew find old beat-down homes and turn them into must-buy properties. Tell me this shit doesn't sound made up. 
I mean, how many home improvement shows do we need, especially with wrestlers on them? <laughs> one, we need one with Chris Jericho, apparently. Yeah. So, the yeah, so that one is the first one. The next one is called Ass House. God. What the fuck is that? Ass House. It's, a, <laughs> it's Austin Colton and Billy Gunn give you an inside look of their loving but dysfunctional family. You never uh-huh. know who might scissor by the ass house as well. So, mm. do you know about this gimmick they're calling it's Scissor Me Daddy Ass? Are you familiar with I, that? I, I had no idea why I kept seeing that word so much. So, no, you probably have to explain it to me. So, there's no ta- scissoring is, but I don't yeah. know what they're doing with it. There's a tag team called the Acclaimed, okay? And one of the guys comes out rapping. He's a pretty good rapper. He writes words that are current topics, and he'll talk about something funny, and Mm -hmm. he's pretty good at it. Basically, they started this gimmick where they are doing their fingers like scissors, you know, Uh like, and Danhausen started calling Billy Gunn's kids the ass boys because Billy Gunn had a song called I'm a And so Billy Gunn is the ass man. So he has two ass boys and then Dan Housen created that. And then the acclaim took it over and said, now they're saying scissor me daddy ass. And yeah, it is apparently very popular right now. Again, I'm not saying over, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, so that's the ass house. So here's the next one. Shooting with the Bucks. Nick and Matt Jackson trade their wrestling tights and Jordan shoes for deer stands and rifles. Traveling across America with professional hunters. Will Nick and Matt kill the perfect 10-point buck? I don't buy that for shit, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't see those two dudes as hunters. Do you? Who would be who would be making this stuff up if it's if if it's if you say it's been approved, who would be bullshitting on this? I mean I don't know, bro. Where could you make this up at? I don't know, bro. I mean, it's like you and Jamie going to watch only PG thirteen movies, you know? (laughs) It's Jay, watch the watch the travels of Wolfie D and Jamie Dundee as they watch only PG anyway, it's horrible. All right. Ramen and Riho, lovable and cute Riho, travels across Japan to find the perfect bowl of ramen. Dude, that's a YouTube show at best. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Here's here's another one. All right. They they keep going, man. So Jim Ross grilling for love. The best commentator in the history of wrestling is looking to settle down and find love. Jim will live with 20 beautiful women fighting for his hand. And one lucky lady will make Oklahoma's favorite son, her husband. Come on, man. (laughs) Really? By God. Uh, He's broken her in half. To me, is the hardest one to swallow. I know, bro. That's like, you know, the flavor of love and the rock of love and the bachelor. I'm just, wow. And, you know, like he did tragically lose his wife in Italy, I think, on a Vespa accident or something. Uh And it's sad, man. But golly, don't make a, I don't know, dude. Wrestling is crazy sometimes. (laughs) And, And here's the last one. All right. And this one is just ridiculous. Okay. The golden hot dog. It's a reality-based show that places 15 indie wrestlers in a competition to win a thousand dollars in a contract on AEW dark. 
who will prevail with the golden hot dog? So it's a it's a it's a play on the handshake and a hot dog payoff. Yes, exactly. And who's gonna get that? I mean, I, what? Uh, I actually could see that one probably before any of the rest of them, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, hey, again, dude, I don't see that as a show though. I see it maybe as a YouTube thing, you know. Yeah. But but and it's actually just for a contract for AEW Dark, which is their YouTube show. It's not actually yeah. one of their cable based shows. Wow. I mean, maybe 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 one of those works. And hey, good for them. But my God, that was like six or seven there. That just what? <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. I'm thinking. Some of these dudes got to be uh, doing some dope, man. It's <laughs> coming up that's like, whoa. I'm saying and we need to get Not just the- what you just said today, but just some of the other issues and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, what are these motherfuckers doing? And and watch. it. I ain't going to say that it'll – well, Randy said it would go out of business. I don't know you know, how much money this dude wants to palm into it, but right. how long have I been telling you? When the marks get into business and they got money – then yeah. they start wanting to bring their friends in, and now, now he's he's just a mark for these guys. And, right. Uh, totally. It happens every fucking time, dude. That, that's why he has zero control over them because he's a fan of them, and you right. can't. I mean, it's like you know. I'm sorry. It's yeah. the only you know the the only thing I will say is I think he is very, and I mean very wealthy. So yeah. I, I I don't even know that his pockets. I don't even think Vince's pockets are that deep. I could be wrong because here's the thing. He's got his dad who's Shah Khan and who is, that's where he's getting his money from. And basically he has said that he wants his family to spend as much money as possible while they're alive and enjoy themselves because it's no use to him. He's like a very generous, wealthy person, you know? So I'm saying hire Wolfie as an agent. Why don't we do that? Let's start with that. Okay. Yeah. And then when Wolfie finally drops out because he can't handle the idiot. No, I'm just kidding. But when he, he gets it, he gets his last, we'll take that into consideration. And he smacks yeah. one of them. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of grouchy wrestlers who get tired of the backstage politics and shit, CM Punk, <laughs> this is our final current affair. I promise. Yeah. CM Punk. It's essentially done deal. Now they're saying not only is the buyout going to happen of his contract, he is also pretty much done with wrestling and not considering any kind of other promotion. Uh-huh. You know, honestly, the only, you know, so yeah. Do you remember the, you know, the reaction of everyone the first night he came back? Yeah. That really didn't last that long, did it? Did not. Did not. <laughs> they were taught, they were trying to say Road Warrior Pop and all this right. shit. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Road Warrior Pop lasted well, well. <laughs> into their later year LOD 2000 you know what yeah. I'm saying they were still getting that road warrior pop and like I said I I knew the dude early on uh, very uh, loosely knew him yeah. and uh, I don't really know that much about the guy man so I, I don't know maybe he is just a dick nobody likes him I don't know well okay let me just ask you this because I feel like I may have but was he respectful to you and other people as far as you could tell <laughs> That I can remember, yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, you got to remember if it's me, Brian, uh, or 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 uh, Sin or whoever was with us at that point, um, and he had Raven in his corner. 
Yeah. So he didn't have to do anything, you know. Raven's going to get what he needs in, you know, and probably uh, half halfway booking the the angle, uh, yeah. I think. And uh, so, yeah, there there wasn't that opportunity for him. Yeah. Well, I was just curious because you know, to me, if you saw any signs of any of that, because let me ask you this, and, and please, if you don't want to talk, were you partying pretty hard around that time that you knew him? Um. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was but it? But we was only wrestling once a week, so it's not like right. On the road, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so. gotcha, gotcha. So it was all kind of you kind of went on to do your own thing after that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So I, the thing is, is the reason I'm asking this is because CM Punk is a well-known straight edge, and honestly, mm-hmm. to me, straight edge people, if y'all are, if somebody's listening, that's straight edge. <laughs> I respect your your ability to abstain from all of these things, but yeah. With that being said, y'all seem like the most grouchy people I've ever known in my life. I've, I've known from the music scene that I used to be involved in, there was yeah. a scene of straight edge kids that were very tyrannical about the way that they were. And if I was on stage having a beer, they were going to turn their back on our band because they didn't think we were living up to their needs or whatever. And I, I was just curious if maybe if it was known that you drank or partied a little bit or whatever, you know very sure of that <laughs> yeah. yeah and i mean with that being said he you know i can see him being a dick even though he may respect you as a wrestler he may be a dick to you because he you don't live this rich yeah, lifestyle you know i so. never really saw anything like that coming from him but again he was like super young then i don't think he had i, I think tna might have been his first little deal you know what i'm saying totally uh, yeah. Uh, then it was right after that he went somewhere else, and then WWE, right? Ring of Honor. He was always doing the IWA Mid South stuff, and mm. then he goes TNA, then Ring of Honor, and then he ends up in WWE. Yeah. So, and he was like that indie darling. You know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. that one. I do indie- recall that. I do yeah. recall that about him. Yeah. That's so, the, the, what I got from it, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, hey, CM Punk wrestled in a mask for a little bit. It was actually kind of a cool mask, so, but, you know, anyway, we'll go on with that. But, yeah, Bret Hart wanting Goldberg out, AEW's ridiculous reality ideas, and (laughs) CM Punk is out of AEW. I will be anxious to see if those shows come to fruition. (laughs) Yeah, we might do a (laughs) watch-along. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hey, I I definitely have to watch it, that's for sure. Exactly. Maybe just once, but yeah, maybe just once, but yeah. Well, anyway, you know, that's, that's it for current affairs today. Thank y'all for listening. You know? Yeah, man. Appreciate y'all once again. Tune in next week. Live in color. Wolfie D. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all, and all they ask is, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts.
That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you're interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show, and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Second, Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. I got a cap.
Rock Street Production.